Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. This week we are continuing in our Advent series, which is entitled Insta Christmas, and we are joined by our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott. Pastor Jared will be preaching out of the Gospel of Luke on the passage commonly known as Mary's Song. Please don't forget to check out ccgf.org to get the rest of our Advent schedule, including our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day services, as well as to follow us on all of our social media channels for all of the special things we have planned for this Christmas season. Now, here is Pastor Jared with this week's message. Thank you for listening. My name is Jared. Let me pray for us before we begin. Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you that we can be in your house singing praises. Lord, thank you for the wonderful song we just heard. Mary, did you know? Oh, Lord, we thank you for what Mary knew. Lord, I pray that you impress upon us that same message here. Lord, things are happening really fast around us in our culture, especially at this Christmas time. Lord, help us to slow down a little bit. Help us to remember and reflect on why we celebrate Christmas in the first place. Lord, I thank you for your word and how it penetrates our hearts. I pray that you penetrate our hearts here today. Lord, we thank you as well for what happened here this past weekend with Light the Night and so many that came to know you. Lord, I pray that you be with them on their new journey, new chapter in their life, helping them to feel no guilt, no shame even today. But Lord, I pray that you penetrate our hearts. I pray that we aren't just hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of it as well. And I ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Well, we, we uh, started this series last week, uh, Insta Christmas. Everything happens in an instant. And, you know, it's not, uh, you don't need to be a genius to figure out everything, like, happens quick. Like that picture right there. You see something, you snap a picture, and boom, it's, it's everywhere, right? We, I know years ago, when I, was, when I was younger, checking the weather was a whole different process, right? You'd have to get the newspaper, right? And the back, I remember my dad checking the newspaper, the back of the newspaper was the weather. Then, then we had, what, the, the, the news came on, you know, in the evening, and then they did 5 o'clock news, and they did 4 o'clock news, and you could get the weather that way. And then you could, uh, then you could um, uh, eventually they came out with the weather channel. That was the best, right? Every eight minutes, the weather, right? Local on the eights. Can you imagine waiting eight minutes for anything now, right? <laughs> then, then if you remember the internet, when that started up, that, that dial tone sound that was ear-piercingly loud, right? You'd check the weather that way. Now it's, it's instant, right? You could check the weather or they just, the weather just comes to you whether you want it to or not, right? Your phone or your watch, you just, there it is, right? Everything happens so fast, right? Even at Christmas time right now, we know that things are happening quick. You, you, you got to think about the next party you got to go to or whatever, but you got to go shopping, boom, just go online and you get all your shopping done. I thought that was the easiest thing for me is to be able to do shopping like that, right? And people get so angry when, like, the internet doesn't work. I think the biggest thing that we do here on Sunday mornings is, is not to focus on the worship. Make sure the Wi-Fi works, right? Because if the Wi-Fi doesn't work, I will get more notes on, from, any, from people in the congregation saying the Wi-Fi isn't moving quick enough, right? We want it to be fast. We want it to be quick. I was in the store the other day, and there was a guy in front of me trying to check a uh, price on something. He got so angry because it, it wasn't working fast enough, right? And he's starting to get really agitated. He's slamming his hands down. He's cursing. I'm like, take it easy, right? It's going up to, you, you're sending a message up to space. It's coming back down. Give it a second, right? It happens fast. And whether or not you know or understand social media, you know that we live in a day and age that everything's digital. Everything happens fast. Just a little history on on some things on social media. Social media, whether you have those apps or not, are a big deal. 
You know, right now in November 2018, or just a few weeks ago, the the worldwide population was this, 7.6 billion people. The internet has 4.2 billion users, right? So more than half the people in the entire world are using the internet. The 3.03 billion active social media users. On average, people have five social media accounts. I, I couldn't even name five of them. Right, I, on staff, I'm probably the least efficient with social media. In fact, I remember when my wife, um, when Facebook just first came out, uh, I was all excited because I went to Deb and said, "Deb, look, I, I got like 30 friends." Right, <laughs> and she said, "Oh, that's cool. I got 3,000 friends." So. I deleted her account right after that. Uh, the average time on social media, 116 minutes a day. And you don't need to be a genius to figure out, too. 91% of retail brands are using me- media. Everywhere you look, you want to go buy things. It's online, small and medium businesses. Internet, internet users have an average of seven social media accounts. Going on from that, it grew 120 million, right, just in the last year. That works out to a new social media user every 15 seconds. Facebook and WhatsApp handle 60 billion messages a day. 60 billion messages. It's instant, isn't it? It's crazy how fast it is. In fact, I remember um, I, I try to get home and tell my kids about like, the news that's happening, and they will find out faster than I will, right? Because the kids in the bus will have uh, internet and the, you know, social media, and tr- it just goes so quick. So the two things I want to encourage you with is first, well, let's slow down here this Christmas. Everything happens fast, but let's remember why we're celebrating in the first place. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is this, and as I've talked with Pastor Jamie um, about this, it, it's interesting to me that everything happens so fast, that life can change so quick. You know, people will post things about engagements and birthdays or, um, you know, um, they, they got pregnant or here's the new baby. Wonderful things, but there are also some negative news, right, that we hear about so quick. And what's amazing is that how news and everything happens so fast, we still think that our life, when transformed by the Lord, has to take really long. In fact, when I was talking to Pastor Jamie about this some time ago, you know, we, we were talking about some folks that, you know, that we know that their, their life had been totally transformed by the Lord, but yet they still don't want to get involved in ministry. They don't want to share about who Jesus was. They don't, they're a little hesitant to worship because they feel like, hey, they lived 30, 40 years is a terrible life. So now they have to live 30 or 40 years before they can really make a change, right? That they need to, to make up for things, that they need to wait on things. Pastor Jamie just talked about kids' ministry needs. Some people don't want to get involved in ministry because they think, man, my life is so bad. I, I, there's, there's a process by which I have to be transformed. Listen, there are processes by which we are continually transformed in the likeness of the Lord. That's why we have Bible studies and small groups. Those are, those are good things. That's what we call sanctification. It's a big theological term, but that's what sanctification is. It's a process, right? The problem is, is that a lot of people overlook what justification is. That's the act or instance of, of justifying something. It's a vindication. In other words, when we come to know the Lord, it is immediate. And some people feel like, you know what, I've been transformed, but I, there's, there's things I have to do. There's, 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 there's a process by which I can really go out and share the love of Jesus. There's a process by which I use my gifts. And they say, absolutely not. Once you come to know the Lord, once you accept him as your Lord and Savior, with the immediate act of asking for forgiveness, you're justified. Last night, or and, and Friday night, with Light the Night, there were hundreds of people who came to know Christ. 
And Pastor Ed talked about a story of how when he uh, had a ticket and he went to court and to fight this ticket and he went and the, the judge said, you are free. You are, uh, you're guilt free. You're innocent. And it was immediate and he didn't know what to do. And he said he just stood there. A lot of us feel the same way. It's like, okay, we accepted the Lord and we, we asked for forgiveness and, and, and he's wiped us clean, but now we don't know what to do, right? We just stand there, we freeze. My encouragement is that we can respond. We can respond. It doesn't have to take forever. It doesn't have to take a lifetime. If you're waiting for that to happen, you're missing out on the blessing that God's given you. And that's what we see from Mary. Mary's response was that of instantaneous. It was instant. Mary's response was instant. Last week we looked at when the angel came to Mary. What you have to know is what happens after that story. What happens right after the angel came to Mary? You know, I kind of wonder about Mary. If, if the angel came and said, hey, you're going to give birth to Jesus, and then the angel went away, if I would have been like, could you come back and tell me a little bit more about, you know, what the next step is going to be? Right? What, what is that going to look like, Right? Um, I'm going to be pregnant. What, what do I tell everybody? Well, how's this going to work? No. It was instantaneous. She went right away to tell some people. The passage we just read is in Luke chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn there. Before we even get to Mary's song or her blog, it says in verse 39 this. It says, At the time Mary got ready and hurried down to a hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home to greet Elizabeth. You remember the story of Elizabeth. Elizabeth is going to give birth to John the Baptist. Mary did not wait to wait till she was pregnant. She didn't wait to see, okay, let's just wait to see once I start feeling pregnant. Or maybe once you see the baby bump. Maybe once we see Jesus come, come out and be born and, 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 and be like three or four years old, then I'll tell people. She didn't say, you know what, let's wait 30 years before he dies on the cross before I tell people. No, it was right away. Her response was instant. It was instant. She didn't wait for her circumstances to change. She didn't wait for her life to change. You know who it reminded me of this week when I was looking at this was, is, is Paul. Remember Paul, the story of Paul, who used to be Saul in Acts chapter 9. Saul is out there persecuting Christians, right? He's going, he's killing Christians, he's putting some on trial. He's there when Stephen is stoned, all this stuff. And he, he lives this kind of tumultuous life. He's a high ruler at the time. And what happens on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9? Remember the story where Saul's there and all of a sudden a great light comes, right? And Saul's conversion, he realizes that the Lord is a, is, is a real person who came down to, to die on the cross for him. And he has immediate conversion. He becomes blind and Ananias had to put his hands on him and the scales fall off his eyes. What's amazing about what Saul, who becomes Paul does is his response is immediate too. We see this in verse 20 of Acts 9. It says that once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. All those who heard him were astonished. He said, isn't this the man who, who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? So Paul's going out. He doesn't wait. He doesn't say, man, I, I lived 40 years of a pretty bad life, and now I've got to wait 40 years before to get involved. It was immediate. He goes out, and he uses what had happened to him for the kingdom and the glory. He realized he was blessed that by God's grace that he can go out and share the good news about who Jesus was. He didn't wait. But, man, people were astonished, weren't they? People I talked to, I tell you, 
I know you lived a tough life. Maybe you've made some bad decisions in your life. Boy, when Jesus comes in your life, it's immediate. The transformation is immediate. It's instantaneous. So Mary, when Jesus comes to her, she, she has this, this revelation that, hey, next three decades, everything's going to change. Not only for me, but for the entire world. Jesus is going to come as a person who's going to take the sacrifice that we deserved. And so she writes this song. I titled this series A Mother's Blog. I have to be honest, a year ago I didn't even know what a blog was. But I figured out a blog is where people are either writing about or talking about something on their minds, something on their hearts. A lot of times it's negative. You've seen blogs that are pretty negative about the country or whomever, the leadership, or people will ask questions about stuff. That's what a blog is. That's exactly what Mary does. She, she writes, you know, to, uh, in 1999 there were only 23 blogs in the whole world. 23. 1999. Today, 1. 1.6 billion blogs out there. Because people are writing and talking about all kinds of stuff. That's exactly what Mary does. But Mary's blog isn't negative. Mary's song isn't like, she's not asking questions like, I wonder what it's going to be like to talk to Jesus about how he created the world. Right? Or I wonder what Jesus will say when we're at a funeral. Or I wonder what his best friend's going to be. Or I wonder what's going to happen to me when people see that I'm pregnant. I wonder what Jesus is going to be like. I wonder how I'm going to raise him. What's she doesn't ask those questions. She goes right to giving praise. That's why they call this passage of scripture, Luke 1, 46 through 56, the Magnificent. Because she gives praise. And what's great is, is that Mary goes right back to scripture. She remembers the promises that, the, that God gave. She goes right back to Scripture. Why do I say that? Because her song is exactly like another song that's written in the Scriptures, way back in the Old Testament. If you remember, uh, about a year ago, we did a series called Character Sketch, and we looked at different characters of the Old Testament. One of the characters we looked at was Hannah. Hannah, if you remember, Hannah was a woman who was, didn't have any children, and she really wanted a child. So she was in the temple. She's crying out to the Lord, give me a child. I want a child so she can dedicate it back to God. And Eli, the high priest, is there, and Eli thinks she's drunk. She goes, I'm not drunk. I just want to have a baby that I can dedicate back to God. So finally God grants that and gives her a baby. She gives birth to Samuel. Samuel then anoints the first king of Israel, Saul. Saul then anoints David. Okay, so there you see the progression. But Hannah, once she found out she was pregnant, she has the same thing. Once she realized that that God showed up to her, she could only give back praise as well. And her response and Mary's response are identical. First, uh, if you have your Bibles, First Samuel uh, chapter two. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Hannah says in verse 1, it says, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is lifted on high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly. Let your mouth speak arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who are stumbled are armed with strength. 
Hannah's song is exactly like Mary's song. Hannah in verse 1 says this, My heart rejoices in the Lord. What does Mary say? Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in my God forever. Hannah says in verse 2, There is no one holy like the Lord. Mary says in verse 49, Holy is his name. She goes on to say in verse 4, Hannah says, The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumble are armed with strength. Mary says in verse 6, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Verse 5, it goes on, those who are full, full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. Mary says, he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent away rich, away empty. Her song and Hannah's song are exactly the same. Why? Because they realize what God is doing, he's the one that gets all the glory. And, and Mary goes right back to scripture, a story that she must have heard over and over and over again. She goes right back to scripture. Why? Because the promises are there. She remembers the promises that God gave to Hannah and the glory that Hannah gave back to God. So she does the exact same thing. She pours out her heart. She said, you know what? It's not about my circumstances changing. It's not about anything else. It's all about what God is doing. She pours out her heart to him and it's instantaneous, but it's also this. It's also humble. Mary's response is humble. Look at verse 46, if you have your Bibles in Luke 1. It says this, The Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Mary realizes right away, Hey, listen, I am not rich. I don't have a whole lot going for me. She's just a teenager. She doesn't have all kinds of wealth. She doesn't have all kinds of place of power. What she realizes is that God comes to the people, not the rich, not the kings, but to the lowly, the humble, the people that need him the most. He comes to you like he comes to Mary. Mary's saying, listen, it's, it, it's a humble servant. I'm just a humble person. That's why he's come to me didn't do anything great with her life at that point. Paul said the same thing. You know, when Paul was talking to, to people, he realizes that his life was tumultuous. And just because he was a, a ruler, a leader before, has nothing to do with where he is now. That's why in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9, says this, For I, Paul, and the least of the apostles, don't deserve be called an apostle. Don't even deserve to be, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God... I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Paul says, listen, I am what I am based on what God has done for me. It's not about my past. It's not about what I've done. It's by the grace of God. Some of us would do well to remember that passage. I am what I am. People don't like me. That's okay. I am what I am. My life looks different than it did before. That's okay. I am what I am. I made some bad decisions now, but I've asked Christ for forgiveness. He's washed me clean. I don't have any guilt. Why? Because I am what I am. Why? Because of the grace of God. Paul didn't wait. Paul didn't, Paul didn't wait for his life to get so much better. He says, listen, it's by the grace I am what I am. I'm the least of the apostles. But God's grace was to effect his grace that he showed on the cross that says, listen, I'm going to take the penalty that you deserve so that you don't have to do it. I'm going to take the sin that we all have and I'm going to put it on the cross. I'm going to die for you. That's grace. And Paul responds. Paul didn't think anything higher of himself. And oftentimes we will often think higher of Mary than we should. Jesus really warns about venerating Mary in excessive ways. In fact, people, uh, somebody once told Jesus, shouted out to Jesus, blessed are, is the womb that bore you. And he says this, he says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. 
Another time, people say, hey, your mother and brothers are looking for you. And Jesus responds, he says, my mothers and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Mary was blessed because she had had an awesome responsibility. But Mary is blessed because the Lord came to her, just like Paul is blessed because the Lord came to him. And you are blessed because the Lord comes to you as well. There's no difference. The only difference is, is how we respond to it. Paul responded instantaneously. Mary responded instantaneously. The question is, will you as well? Respond instantaneous. Respond in a humble way. And Mary's response was ultimately of adoration too. It was ultimately of adoration. The only thing she could do was praise. That's why we call it the magnificent. It's the the praise that she gave. She realized, realized there was an attitude, an object, and a reason for the worship. The attitude was this. Look at verse 46. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She realized first and foremost that true worship was, was internal. That it was, that it was intense too. It exalts. It was, a, it was a way of life. When you come to this Christmas season, you've got to slow down and worship. We have to have an attitude of worship because of what the Lord has done. Not because of the things that we have or that we get to celebrate with our families. Those are all wonderful things. We get to come and and hear wonderful Christmas songs or put up the Christmas tree. Wonderful things. But that's not the reason that we should have joy this year. It's a joy because of an attitude. She also realized it was the object of her worship was the Lord. Mary said, my soul glorifies what? The Lord. And then she realized that there's a reason for the worship too. Starting in verse 48, it says this. It says, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he's performed mighty deeds with his arms. He's scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. I love verse 50. 50 is his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. She's saying, listen, people are going to call me blessed, and we do. We, Mary has been blessed. What an awesome responsibility. But guess what? That mercy extends to generation to generation to Paul to you as well. That's the same mercy that Mary received. It's the same mercy that he's extending to you from generation to generation. Mary first realizes what he's done in the past, now what he's going to do in the future. And she's talking about you. The question is, how are you going to respond? How will you respond this Christmas? I hope you can respond with a sense of worship this Christmas, that we can slow down enough to say, you know what? It's really about what the Lord's done. In a few minutes, we're going to sing a great song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, where a great Christmas hymn. I hope next week when you come, as we celebrate Christmas, Pastor Jamie's going to be preaching, I hope you can come in with an attitude of joy next week. I hope you can join us for Christmas Eve in the weeks to come. Invite other people to come out, people that need to hear this as well, so they can have that same joy. But don't wait. Don't wait for your situation to change. I think some people wait to have joy, wait to have peace until their situation changes. They think, you know what? 
I've asked the Lord to come into my life, but you know what? I still have health problems. I still have financial problems. I still have job issues. I still have relationship problems. I still feel lonely, right? I thought when I accepted the Lord that everything's going to happen, but I haven't found my spouse yet, or I'm really struggling in school, or I'm getting picked on, all kinds of stuff in life. And we, we go through these circumstances, and we're kind of waiting around to see if our situation changes, and it doesn't, so we don't really have joy. Mary didn't wait for that. Mary's situation, for all intents and purposes, probably got harder. Can you imagine going around being pregnant now? What are you going to say to people? Imagine going around now and saying, okay, I was a teenager. I thought I'd live a lot many more years when I was going to get married in a, you know, kind of a traditional way. But now I'm pregnant. Now what's going to happen? What's my life going to be like now? She didn't know. You don't either. Paul was the same way. Paul didn't realize. Paul, when Paul accepted the Lord and, and came to his conversion, his situation didn't change either. It wasn't like, oh, he got a new job and it was better, right? It's like, oh, I'm a... I'm a really successful tent maker now. No, he's not, like, his situation didn't change. In fact, time and time again, we see Paul getting beaten and, 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 and shipwrecked and going through all kinds of situations in life. But yet in Acts 16, verse 23, what's he say? It says, after they have been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was com- commanded the guard to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. But what's Paul doing? Paul and Silas at midnight were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to him. It wasn't about the situation. It wasn't about their circumstances. You want a peace to be able to sing praises of worship? The peace that we just talked about here when we lit this candle? Then you have to have an interchange in your own life. That's the peace that comes. That's the change. And guess what? It's instant. Mary's response was that of adoration. Mary's response was that of a humbleness. Mary's response was instant because it's instant Christmas. Everything can happen in a what? Instant. You got it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that we can, when we come to know you, Lord, that it's instant. Lord, there's many people I can feel in this room who have been kind of waiting, waiting for that, waiting to feel justified, Lord. Help them to know that it's immediate. It's, it can transform them even now, that they don't have to wait to start using their gifts. They don't have to wait to start talking about who you are. They don't need to start wait, to wait to give you praise and glory. Help them be able to sing it with their whole hearts this morning. Lord, use us mightily. And Lord, there may be some in here who are really waiting for their situation to change, their circumstance to change, and they've been waiting a long time. Lord, help them to realize that when you come to us, we are blessed and our life can change, like Mary, like Paul. And it's as easy as coming to you just praying a prayer, asking you to forgive us, for you to come into our lives so that we can have a relationship with you. So if that's you here this morning, maybe that's you, and you say, man, Jared, I've been searching for a long time. I don't have a peace. I need to know who the Lord is. You pray this prayer along with me, knowing that the Lord loves you, that he's here for you. As he came to Mary, as he came to Paul, that he's here for you today. You simply, in your heart of hearts, say, Dear Lord Jesus, I understand I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying for me and rising again. Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Give me that peace that passes all understanding. 
And Lord, I do thank you that when we confess our sins, you're faithful and just and forgive us immediately. You cleanse us of all unrighteousness, so help us to feel that now. And help us to be able to sing with our hearts full of gratitude and praise this morning. And I ask all this in your precious and holy name.